Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Yeah. Oh, you can't sneak up. Three fingers. Three fingers. I feel like I'm teaching preschool. All right. We got your Bibles out this morning. Come on. So excited. I got two more messages on this series, and uh, I'm trying to make shorter series so we can get to more, <laughs> get to, to, to more things and more topics. And the older you get, the, the, the shorter life seems. Um, and it's weird. You start talking in years, and, and you start planning things out, and um, I don't know. I, uh, my, my, one of my goals is to, uh, is to preach, is to preach shorter series. Um, and we have t-shirts. You probably can't read it, but it says, I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. we got some t-shirts out there. So pick up, pick up your t-shirt. And, uh, I love this idea though, that I am the disciple that Jesus loves. Uh, John said this about himself. And so we're looking at the apostle John, the last disciple, the youngest disciple that was called, and, and he, he uses this phraseology which, um, you know, you wrestle with uh, when you look at John because it's, it's so weird. No one writes like John. You have the four Gospels, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. They all have the same framework. They all have the same sort of writing and pattern. And then John breaks the rules. John breaks the rules, just like Jesus broke the rules. Now, it's difficult to, to talk this way because you're like, hold on. He didn't break the rules. He fulfilled the rules, right? Jesus fulfilled the law. But yet we don't sacrifice animals anymore. We don't, we don't, we don't hold many of the Old uh, Testament truths. Yet Jesus fulfills the Ten Commandments, and, the, and yet he institutes one commandment, love. This was like the one rule. Love. And so John picks up this idea about love. Now, the difficulty about God is we know that He's God. We know that He is subject to no man, and yet He has chosen to be subject. Right? He He is sovereign, yet somehow there's this sovereignty and free choice happening at the same time, and we wrestle with it our whole lives. I mean, in some way or another, we're trying to figure out. Like, what's my role and what's God's role, right? Some people live as if everything's up to them. Some people live as if everything's up to God. <laughs> and so you'll, you'll meet Christians that are just waiting on God. Well, what if God's waiting on you, right? And so you have this, like, personal responsibility. And then we, we cliche back and forth or we meme back and forth in areas of, you know, live like it's up to you and pray like it's up to God. You're like, yes, right? You're like, I've never heard that. So I was like, Cliche, that's new, that's a fresh word for me. Um, but the idea is that we wrestle and we grapple, and you will not have fully ascertained on, in, in, in this life the fact that God always was. I'll just give you a minute. Go ahead, just think about that for a while. God always was. And then your brain hurts, and you're like, God always was. So we have these things that we understand. We have these things we don't understand. To the scriptures, let's get to the word. Let's get to the word and uh, thank you, Jesus. John chapter 1. Let's go to John chapter 1. Got a few verses to read. 
as the haze lifts. My goodness. John chapter 1, verse 19. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Who are you, John? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. This is very, this is very, this is very important that I'm not the Christ. You need to know that my message and my words today cannot necessarily change you, okay? I'm not the Christ. All right, let's get that clear. Babe, as much as you think I'm Jesus, I'm not, okay? She just keeps calling me Jesus. I don't, I'm like, I'm not. Woman, take that pressure off me. It's, it's important to know that you cannot save somebody, okay? It's important to know that. John's like, no, I'm not him. Well, well what then? Are you Elijah? No, 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 no. And they said, well, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. And he said, here I, he said, I am. I'm the voice. Someone say voice. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Make way the straight, the way of the Lord. Then they said, well, why do you baptize? That seems like a, a Christ thing to do. And he goes, well, I, I, I baptize with water. He says, there's one coming after me who I'm not even worthy. In verse 29, I don't think we had this up. I forgot to give this to you guys. But the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said. So my voice was to prepare you for Jesus. And after he comes, a man who's preferred before me, for he was before me. And this is, this is verse 31. I did not know him. When's the last time you heard a prophet admit what they don't know? Well, I don't know. And it, the Bible says that John, well, Jesus actually says that John was the greatest prophet. John was the greatest prophet. We have the greatest prophet to ever walk on earth besides Jesus saying, I don't know. The cousin of Jesus, I don't know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Verse 33, again, I did not know him. <laughs> but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit. Do you see this like vulnerability and like this? He's, he's taking zero credit for being the cousin of Jesus. Like he was in his mother's womb, Elizabeth, and Jesus was in Mary's belly, and they hung out. And it says that, that John like sprung. He like, whoop, leaped. And, 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 and yet John's like, yeah, I don't really know. I'm not really that close. I mean, wow. I appreciate the laughter. I appreciate the interaction. It's awful lonely. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Through the glory, through the glory. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. All right. I'm not done reading the Bible. Chapter three. Chapter three. This is this is this is this is the this is what I came here to preach this morning. All right. Verse 25. Then there arose a dispute. Okay, we have a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. In other words, about baptism. Okay, they had this they had this dispute and they came to John and said, a rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing also and all are coming to him. 
So there's this, there's this, there's this free choice and sovereignty. There's this, the ways of man, but the ways of God. Dispute. And we'll get into it today. But it's, it's this whole idea of, I laid hands on you, and you got healed. What, do, is it the, it's not the hands, but it's the hands. Like, you don't need to have church, but this is church. Right? Baptism isn't the water. That's not holy water, but it, it, it's, hold on. John, you, and then, and then what? There's this dispute about what comes first and what's going on. And, and, and John says, a man can, this is, there's no dispute. A, a, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him. You yourselves bear witness that I said I'm not the Christ. I've been sent, he has, I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, I must decrease. All right, you ready? I am a voice. I want to talk this morning on I am a voice. Say, I am a voice. I'm a voice. I'm a voice. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. All right. Let's get to the word this morning. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for church. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this new year. We just thank you. We look to you this morning, God. We pray, encourage, lift up, build up, fill every person in this room. Lord, we need your word. We need to hear your voice so we can be a voice. We need to hear your voice this morning. Let every single person hear your voice in this room and through the cameras and the internets and the webs and all of the little things. Lord, ultimately, let them hear your voice. Use any means necessary, but the point is let them hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm a smart person. Thank you. I'm not the dumbest. I'm not the smartest. But I, I, I do consider myself having some sort of social EQ or, um, you know, if someone was to ask me my opinion, I think I've got a pretty good sense of life. Okay, not everything, but most things um, that have to do with street smarts. But I still have a weakness for late night infomercials. Um, I've preached about this before. Like, I know that that ad machine like, isn't going to give me a six-pack, right? Or do we? But, but I, I keep seeing ads for it. And I admit it, for like five seconds, I'm like, that's so silly. They're still selling those things? Unbelievable. Then I'm like, hmm, maybe it does work. Like, there's a part of me that's like, but if I bought one, my wife would mock me, and she would tell you that I bought it, and then I can no longer just say it's a story up here. And use it to be funny because I actually bought the thing and I'm walking around. But I kind of want to buy one just to see if they don't work. You know what I mean? But there's a part of me that's like, there was this one late night thing called Fat Whacker. And it was like, you know, whack, 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 you're fat. And I'm like, that's so silly. Someone get the phone number on that? You know, it's like, Fat Whacker, Fat Whacker, what a joke. But the pictures were so beautiful. They showed this guy eating pizza and fries, which I like. And the fat whacker came and like encircled it and like just took it out of the person's body. And I felt like I was having an altar call moment like, yes, I believe in fat whacker. But we all want a secret, right? What are the keys? What are the keys to getting in shape? I don't want to hear about eating good and working out, right? It's like, you know, I, I act like we haven't cracked the code yet, you know? I'm like, so what's the key to working out? As if there's like a mystery. It's weird. 
oh, it must be, I must be drinking the wrong water, you know? It's like, well, carbs, calories in, calories out. And you're like, okay, well, what's the secret? Do I want to, like, there's secrets, though, right? There's got to be secrets to metabolic rates and core workouts and igniting your metabolic fire. Steve, is that the key? To, yeah, the key is the metabolic oven. So whatever you put in there just cooks. I'm down with that. I want the metabolic fire. to. I want the secret. The secret to finances, right? The secret to marriage. The secret to, the secret to success. We all want the secrets and the keys, man. I want the keys. I want the keys to how to be a dad. And life is so short, I really need some keys. Because these kids are growing up fast and life is cruising. So I really, I really want some keys. I really need some secrets. And you get around church long enough, everybody has a little passion towards something. And so there's always a little, and you just pick them up, man. You're like, yeah, it's fasting and it's a prayer and forgiveness. And it's 45 minutes of prayer or it's an hour of power in the shower. And you got to get a devotional, right? You hear about that. You're like, ooh, I got to get my devotional. Then you got to memorize scripture. You memorize the scripture? I don't know if I'm, you need to memorize scripture. And you need to get a message Bible and a passion Bible and you need NLT and NIV and ESV and you need to get a prophetic word. You need to forgive. You need more joy. You need more worship. You need more words. You need more church. You need more forgiveness. You need more grace. You need more mercy. And all of a sudden, man, you start picking up the keys and you're like, whoa, I got a lot of keys. It's a lot of keys. And all people are doing is encouraging you based on their own journey about what set them free. And maybe it was a, a, a worship moment or a, a, a moment at that church or a moment at that conference. So what they tell you is, man, you got to get to Hillsong Conference because if you can get to Hillsong Conference, man, I'm telling you about an hour into worship with 40,000 people in the stadium. That actually does sound pretty nice right now after, after this year. But, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, man, the presence of God, just like, whoo, you know, it's just, changed my life. You got to go on a missions trip. Man, you got you to do this and you got to do that. And we're like, yeah. And without knowing it, we somehow put people's faith in the keys and not in Jesus. And I think this is why John the Baptist and, and the apostle John are so annoying and taking no credit for their close connection to Christ. Because if they would have, then they would have been pointing to themselves on how they received the love of Jesus. But they were annoying. But look at John the Baptist, how close they were. Look at the Apostle John and how close they were to Christ. I mean, John the Baptist, what was it like to baptize Jesus? That would be a cool conversation. What was it like to point? I mean, one thing Moses pointed the, the, the rod and the, the, red, you know, the red sea splits. But, but John, he, like, he's got, he's, he pointed out Jesus. Behold, behold the Son of God. I mean, that is awesome, man. How did you know? And he's like, I didn't know. Okay. But I mean, you saw it. Yeah, at that moment, I was given instructions by God that whoever, you know, the Holy Spirit fell on. And I, just at that moment, I was like, behold. But up until that point, I didn't know. Okay. What was it like to be cousins of Jesus? I don't know. I didn't know him. Okay. Thank you. You know, fine, I'll, I'll talk to the Apostle John. John, what was it like, man? I mean, wow. You like, you were at the cross. You were at the, you saw him baptized and you saw him at the cross. Like, whoa, what was it like, man? And he's like, well, I don't, I mean, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> yeah, 
and the word became flesh, and the, and the word dwelt amongst us. Then at the end of his book, he goes, and, if, and if, 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 if everything that Jesus did was written in books, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it. Yeah, like, of course, right? All him, but like, but you were at the feet, man. You were at the breast, you, like you laid on the chest of the Jesus, like the real Jesus. What was that like? He's like, one day there was two disciples walking on the road. Like, John, you were the disciples. Stop being funny. Like they would take no credit. Because I think they know as two disciples, they did not want the world or any other disciples after him to think that it was anything of entitlement or anything built into something that we couldn't do. They had to lay the framework for faith, which was, no, it wasn't me. It was all him. Had nothing to do with my last name, though I was cousin. It had nothing to do with proximity. Look at Judas. It has everything to do with faith and not faith in me, but John, you loved him. John, you're the apostle of love. And he goes, no, no. The cause of that love wasn't my last name. The cause of that love wasn't the time period I was born in. The cause of that love was his love. Your faith needs to not be in anything you can do, but your faith has got to be in a God who will find you, close the gap, and love you. And because of that love, you will begin to love him back. Come on. They could take no credit because they didn't want our faith to be in something that they did. Because that's what we do. We say, what's the key? What's the key? And John's, John's not pointing to himself. There was two dudes walking on the road. But John, that was you. Give me some deeds. He's like, no, it's all Jesus. To the most practical of questions, it's all Jesus. Yeah, but I got, I got marriage problems and car problems and health problems. And they're so, they're so, they're so annoyingly like, no. No, because you add knowledge to faith. So we're going to add any key or any knowledge, any principle that you learn on top of your faith. It might be a fine line, but if your faith gets put into a tip, key, or principle, then all you have to do is do that so that you can get the breakthrough. So we have to be careful where we put people's faith. And that's why John and John were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And John the Apostle was a disciple of John the Baptist. And you can see where he gets some of this language. We just think it's false humility. We think it's just fine print, right, scriptural fine print. But you could tell this was actually their mode of operation. This was their faith. It was like, no, 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 no. Even in the most practical things, you need, like, you need Jesus. I'm just going to put all your faith in Jesus. Like, like I, it just because if you, if, 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 if you can get Jesus to love you and you can receive Jesus, then you can get everything you need. Your faith has to be in Jesus. What was it like? They wouldn't talk about their close connection with Christ. They wouldn't talk about it. But that's all we would talk about. I mean, if I was John, I would have written a book about, like, you write secret stories that no one knew, right? I mean, that's what we do. Well, you know, Isaac, how do you get to know God? Well, what you do is... uh, Isaac, you're so awesome. No, stop it. Well, you know, what I did was I fasted for 40 days. and I did do one 40-day fast 20 years ago. I'm still recovering. 
from the 40-day fast. Well, what I did is I just hunkered in and got into the scriptures every day. And I know that we're trying to help people out, right? What I did, I just started forgiving everybody. Forgiveness just broke something free. And, and, and we think we're helping people. Oh, okay, I got to get that down. But these guys are like him. No, 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 but you like, but you, no. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. I'm not, I'm not going to put your faith in me or anything that I did. I'm going to put it all, all annoyingly. You're going to look at me like I'm wearing camel hair and eating locusts by the time I'm done with you. But this is how, this is, I think people were actually super annoyed. Here comes John again. We're going to hear the love message. You know, guys, love one another. Okay. Okay, got it. Got it. And, and John's like, no, no, love, love, love. Yeah, but my marriage, man, you don't even know, dude. She's like, she's like, dude, she, she, love, love. There's, don't, don't get caught up in too many rules. There'll be some things that'll come afterwards. But if you don't love, you don't have a chance at communication. If you don't love, you don't have a chance at boundaries. If you don't love, you don't have a chance at serving. Love, love, love. You need to fall in love with God and fall in love with people and love the church and love the city and just love and everything will come after that. Everything will filter through that. Love. Yeah, but you don't understand. I grew up in a highly religious, legalistic. I know, but just love God. Love. That's what they just love. Love. Then everything else will come after that. Yeah, but I heard the secret was to write a vision board and to find eight people to know all. No, that, no, that's all like way down here in the weeds. And if you don't get to it, it doesn't matter. And if you get to it, it doesn't matter. It is all love. There's one commandment. Love God. And all of it comes from having received the love of Jesus. The cause of my love is not the fast. The cause of my love is not the mission trip. The cause of the love is not my Bible reading. The cause of my love is that he first found me, saved me, loved me, gave me a breakthrough, healed me, baptized me, anointed me, told me who I was. It's him, him, him. That's why it's not annoying because it's the gospel. But you see how the gospel became. He loves you to love him. And if you can get to church 79% of the time, it's a good thing. Get in your Bible every day. It's a good thing. Do this, this, and this. Then all of a sudden, within 100 years, the church of Acts turned into almost, in some ways, more traditional than the Old Testament. The birth of the most orthodox traditional church within 100 years of Christ. Because we lose it. But these men gave their life to let us know, no, no, this isn't false humility. This is the reality of what happened. You don't have to be at the Last Supper holding the hand of Jesus. You don't, you don't, you don't. But we're obsessed. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal, passionate relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. And, and you don't even have to find him. He's going to find you. Can you imagine if we preach like that to people? Yeah, but I don't believe he's real. We take on that burden and go, okay, let me convince you that he's real. Nothing wrong with convincing. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. There's nothing wrong with those conversations. But those are in addition to our faith. We need to put people's faith back in the fact that, well, you know what? God is trying to speak to you. God, is, God will find you. 
Yeah, God will make himself real to you. Do we preach a little God and a big us? We got to be preaching a big Jesus, a saving Jesus, amen? A healing Jesus. That, 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 that's what we're preaching here. And so John the Baptist, during this dispute, he goes, well, he goes, it's like a wedding. It's like a wedding. And the whole point of this wedding is not me. It's, it's, it's the bridegroom and the bride. Another love analogy, right? It's love. This is about love. It's about love. And, and John the Baptist says, and man, I'm just there and I'm happy. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. And he goes, but the cool thing is I get to hear his voice. He goes, that's, that's, that's why I'm there, to hear his voice, his voice. The key, the key to it all is to hear his voice this morning. His voice, his voice, his voice, his voice. The word become flesh. He is Jesus. He's the word. He is the voice. He's the voice become flesh. My voice is to point you to his voice. You got to hear his voice. Even Jesus, after the resurrection, he's walking on that road. You know, those two guys, and they didn't even know who he was. And Jesus didn't start doing stuff to convince them. Jesus, Jesus used the word of God to reveal Jesus. It says that Jesus began to open up scriptures. When Jesus, the word become flesh after the resurrection, begins to use scripture to open up the, the, the voice and word of God to disciples after the resurrection, you know that what I need and you need and people need is an encounter with the word of God, with the voice of God. Uh, the, 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 this is the word. We gave us the word. Think about the transfiguration. They're all sitting there. Jesus is transfigured and we got prophets there and everyone's going to got the little plans on building these altars and, and the father speaks out of heaven. Shh. Shut up. Peter. James. John. And listen to him. The voice, the voice that our faith needs to be in building people's faith in the voice. God will speak to you. Yeah, I already tried that. No, he'll speak to you. Putting people's faith, and man, you just need to hear God. It's all you need. That's all you need is the voice, is the word. That's all you need to hear. And John the Baptist, I love the fact that he brings up the voice in this verse, in verse 29. Because this is what he says about himself. He brings up the voice because he says, I'm a voice. I'm a voice because he's a voice. The only reason I have a voice is I'm a chip off the old voice block. I'm just a little voice. He's a big voice. My voice is to point to his voice. If anything that I say or anything that I do or anything the worship team does or the kids workers does or the coffee team, or it's, it's just a little voice to get you to hear his voice. I don't want you to put your faith in my voice. What happens if I go? Or that what happens? No, your, your faith needs to be in his voice. You hear our voice first, oftentimes, but it's all to lead you to hear his voice, to get you hooked on his voice. Come hell or high water tomorrow morning, I need daily bread. I need fresh voice. I need fresh spirit. I need to be with him because I don't have a shot at anything else without his voice, without his word. And if anything that I can say or do, it's to Simply reveal his voice. John the Baptist says, I'm a voice. Because he is the voice. He's the voice. I just speak what I hear him speaking. Because of his voice, I'm a voice. Why do you think the enemy in your past wants to do anything to keep you from hearing the voice of God? I believe it's an all-out assault to keep people out of church because if they hear a voice, they might hear his voice. 
So they got to keep you surrounded with the voice of the internet and the voice of your phone and the voice of technology and the voice of your past. If the enemy and the culture and the world and your pack can get you isolated, then the only voice you hear is previous voices of guilt and condemnation. That's why in one moment in the presence of God, when you hear the voice of God, you can be transformed in a moment. That's the power of the word of God. That's the power of the voice. And so the enemy wants to do anything to keep you out of the Bible, to keep you out of worship, to keep you out of church, to keep you out of encouraging people. He wants to get you around a bunch of pessimistic people in your life that are, 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 are telling you that you can't and you probably won't. Well, you know you. Every New Year's Eve, that's what you do. You make a few promises and you end up not doing it. That's the voice you need. You're always that way. You're never going to change, Johnny. Come on, man. You know you. Let's go party. Come on. Because, because you might hear his voice. And if you hear his voice, it'll unlock your voice. And your voice is who you are. We are all a John the Baptist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I want to encourage people, love people. I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable. But the problem is I am a voice. I am a voice. I am a voice. I'm a voice. No, I can't shut up. No, I can't become silent. No, I can't just put my opinion over here. No, no, I can't be someone that doesn't talk about religion. No, I can't be someone that is silent. Why? Because I'm a voice. It's who I am. I'm a John the Baptist. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, making straight paths for you to hear the voice, the voice of Jesus. I'm a voice. Oh, and when I hear his voice, you can see this in John the Baptist. When I hear his voice, number one, I know who I'm not. Okay. Okay, good. So all those burdens come off of me. Whew. Okay. So when I hear his voice, I know who I'm not. When I hear his voice, I know who I am. I'm a voice. I'm a little voice. But I'm a voice. That's why we wrestle with what to say. That's why we wrestle with what to write, because we know something needs to be said. But last time I said something, it blew up the room. It blew up the conversation. It didn't work. It's not effective. We're constantly working through what to say. What did they say to me? Why would they say that? Why would they say a nice haircut? Like, like if they were to really like my haircut, they would have said, you look good. They wouldn't have called out my, and we are constantly, constantly viewing and filtering. What did I say to that person? can't believe I said that. I can't believe I said, God bless you. Who says that anymore? That's so old school. God bless you. And then they looked at me like I made them feel uncomfortable. Why did I? What, no, I should have said bless you. And then God is, no, what? what should, I should. I'm a voice. You're a voice. You're a voice. You don't have to wrestle with what to put on Facebook or not. You're a voice. Are you pointing to his voice? Or does everything you do point to your voice? I'm just a little voice trying to get you to hear the big voice, but I am a voice. I am a voice crying out in someone's wilderness, preparing them to hear God. I'm John the Baptist, baby. I'm a voice crying out in a dry place, in someone's dry place, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. I'm a voice. I'm a voice. I'm a voice. A voice prepares, number one. A voice prepares. I'm going to prepare you to hear God. 
That's a voice. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point. A voice points. I'm going to point to Jesus. I'm going to prepare for Jesus. I'm going to point to Jesus. And I'm going to predict Jesus. I'm going to predict that Jesus is going to visit you. I believe that Jesus is going to be good to you. All I'm doing is presently predicting scripture in your life, which causes me to do number four, which is I'm a voice, so I'm, I'm, I'm prophetic. So I, I prepare and, and, and I point and I predict and I prophesy Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we do. John the Baptist in the waters. <gasps> I've been preparing for this. And now I point. There he is. There he is. You ever see Jesus moving in someone's life? That's your job. You know what? I think God's. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't know. Guys are just like, how long is John going to be dipping people today? It's been going for a while. Behold, the son of God. Dude was standing right next to the Son of God, like, hey, where are we going to eat afterwards? Excuse me, dude. With the, with dude. Dudes are like brushing away Jesus. Hey, excuse, hey, can't, sorry. hey, who's this new guy? Hey, what are we eating after this? And so I was like, Jesus! Guys are like, what? Right here? They don't know. They don't, they don't see it. They don't hear it. That's why they need a John the Baptist. So before we just completely say, well, we don't need little voice. Because big voice is here, right? I don't need to pray for my loved ones because God loves them and God wants to save them so much that I'm not, I'm not even needed. So I'm just going to, you know, put cat pictures on Facebook and just go my merry way and God will be God. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Jesus got baptized. Stay with me. This is the problem. So this is the dispute. This is what the dispute was. Because they were confused. Because John was first. So if John just would have been baptizing, and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus comes down and goes, thanks, John. I'll take over. Take over, buddy. And then Jesus baptizes John. Then at that moment, Jesus would have fulfilled Scripture and moved on, just like he did the Old Testament. The problem is that's not what happened. So the disciples were confused because they were like, hold on, you were first. You baptized Jesus. And all your disciples are now being discipled by Jesus' disciples. And you're being all confused with like, I'm not important, but I am. But it's all him. But it's not me. But then like, like big voice gets baptized by little voice. So like Jesus comes down and is baptized. And he basically says, I'm down with this. So this is the way the New Testament's going to operate. There's always going to be a, whew, a John the Baptist first. There's, al- there's always going to be preparation. There's always going to be pointing. I, I know I'm the way, but Jesus says, I need a pointer. I, I know I'm the Savior, but I need a pointer. I need someone to go tell him I'm Savior. I know I'm healer, but I need someone to tell him I'm healer. I need somebody. I need a prophetic people to begin to prepare the way. When Jesus says, no, John, it's got to be like this for all righteousness to be fulfilled. Dunk me, cousin, because I say yes, and I implement this process and this this this. Baptize me. Why did Jesus need to get baptized? They're so confused. They're like, John, 
John, you should have passed the baton to Jesus, see? Right? It should have been a passing of the baton. But here's Jesus, and he submits to the process. Why does Jesus get baptized? Jesus says, I'm God, I'm Savior, I'm Son of God, but I submit myself to the prophet. I submit myself to this process. I am God, I can do whatever I want, but I don't want to do whatever I want. I need you. The God who needs nothing partners with man. See, this is the problem. Heaven, heaven is eternal and forever and awesome, and it is, and yet heaven seems to bow to earth. And that's when all the little humans are like, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. This is this isn't this this doesn't this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But the problem is all of this is prophetic. John the Baptist is not just a prophet. Jesus doesn't need his sins washed away. He wouldn't do something just for the sake of doing something. He didn't need his sins washed away. Therefore, that tells me that baptism is a prophetic act of your future and of your purpose. When Jesus went down into the water, it wasn't because he needed to wash away sin. It was because he was prophetically predicting the purpose of his life. One of the greatest reasons baptism is powerful. It doesn't just wash away your past identify you with Jesus, when you come up out of the water, you are prophesying a life lived in Christ. It's prophetic. That's why we go nuts when people, boom, boom yeah, it's awesome. Because when you see someone go out, yeah, their sins are washed. Yeah, they're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But when they come up out of the water, that is their first prophetic act that says, I want to live for Christ. I want Christ to take over. I want Christ to live in me. I want Christ to lead me. Oh, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. It's a prophetic act. We're prophetic people. Whether you know it or not, you're a prophetic person. Paul said, I wish that everyone would prophesy. See, your first act of faith is salvation. You hear his word. You believe in your heart, faith, and then you confess with your mouth. You enter into relationship. Jesus, thank you. I love you. I confess that I, I did not love you. You loved me. And now I'm coming to the realization of that. And then Jesus says, go get baptized. But Jesus gets baptized. So he says, I want my people to go into the water. And when they come up, it is a prophetic act of living dead and alive in Christ. Because you are prophetic people. You are prophetic people. You are prophetic people. Jesus submits to John. The spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet. So Jesus says, this is how it's going to be. My voice is going to submit to your voice. I don't, I don't want that. Whoa, 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 ho, ho. Get that off of me. Grace, mercy. No, Jesus got baptized by John. He says the big voice submits to the little voice. So you need to open your mouth. It's not about you. It's about me. But I need your voice so people can hear my voice. John, I mean, John's like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> John's like, no, I will not partake in this, Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus is like, come on, man. This is the way it is. 
This is the way I, God, have chosen so that none of us get too weird and none of us get too spiritual. Music's not worship, but worship, but, but he submits to it and goes, I need you to play to release it. Water's not baptism, but I want water. I'm going to submit. The, the prayer of faith that heals submits to the hand, to submits to the shadow. Somehow Jesus is saying, I want this to be released through you. This power, this savior, this prophetic, this heavenly, this eternal is going to now come inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that you don't need to point to you. You don't need to take any credit. But heaven has now been subject to you. And so I need my prophets. I need my people who are prophetic people to open their voice so they can hear the voice of God. I need, I need a people. I need a people. I need a people that can open their mouth and begin to prophesy. And prophecy doesn't need to be weird. All you need to understand is that we'll just do a master class right here, right now. All you need to do is, is prepare people for Jesus. As a prophet, all you're doing is you're just prepping people for Jesus. Hey, close your eyes. Come here. Music's playing. So I'm just preparing you for Jesus, even right here, right now. All you got to do is not focus on other things just for a few minutes, just for a few minutes. He got baptized by John the Baptist. He says, no, John, I, I, I've decided to partner with you in reaching humanity. I know it's not about your voice. It's about my voice, but I've chosen to use your voice to prepare people for an encounter with Jesus Christ. So shut up and stop being false humble. I've decided I need you. I've decided to choose you. I've decided to partner with humanity. No, as a prophet, John, you prepared the way for me. As a prophet, John, you pointed to me. I need somebody to begin to point to Jesus in someone's life. Help them see Jesus. Help them see Jesus. Help them see Jesus. All they see is their sin. All they see is law. All they see is religion. I need a prophet to begin to point me out of the crowd. Behold, behold, behold the Lamb of God. Behold. And I need someone to predict this. I need someone to begin to predict Jesus in people's lives. Man, I just see him touching. I see him. Oh, I see him. Oh, I see him. I see him. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I just sense the love of God's about to come on you this year. Oh, begin to prophesy. All you're doing is you're preparing and you're pointing and you're predicting. And what you're doing as a prophet is you are calling forth the word of God and the voice of God. So people's attention and people's faith he goes to the voice. You prepare and you point and you predict and you prophesy the very word of God. And when people go into the tank of baptism they come out beginning to predict and point and prepare that their life is going to be a life lived in Christ going to be a life lived for Christ when people come up out of the tank that's why our spirit begins to leap because we begin to sense that a young man or a young woman is laying down their life letting Jesus Christ take over letting Christ take over their life it's a prophetic act it's a prophetic act to say, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to lift up my voice for Jesus. I'm going to work for Jesus. I'm going to give for Jesus. I'm going to pray for Jesus. All that I do is for him. All of my worship, all of my life, all of my past, all of my future. When you come up out of the water, you're saying, I'm going forward. 
I'm leaving the past and I'm going forward and Christ in me Christ in me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I prophesy I prophesy I prophesy Jesus I prophesy life live for him I prophesy I'm not going back I'm going forward I prophesy I can do all things I can do all things through Christ when you come up out of the water you're saying to Christ be the glory my kids I'm going to serve Jesus my family's going to be saved prophesy 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 was prophetic and that's why it's public because Christians are coming out from the private moment of salvation saying I will be a public prophet on Facebook on Instagram sorry if it offends you but I'm a voice I'm not the one I'm not the one I'm not the one but I am going to point to the voice this is Jesus this is Jesus this is Jesus check this out so Jesus goes into the temple he picks up the book of Isaiah and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because it's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Closes the book, sits down and goes, today this has been fulfilled. And everyone's like, because he said, let's be clear. Let's be clear, prophets. Your point, your prophecy is to point to Jesus. New Testament prophecy is not necessarily meant to predict everything in the future. Actually, a lot of it is only in the hands of God. Doesn't mean there won't be prediction, doesn't mean there won't be details, but Jesus reads Isaiah and says the point of all of this is to, is to point to Jesus. Prophetic ministry is to point to Jesus. Don't point to yourselves. Prepare people for Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to point to Jesus, to prepare people for Jesus, to predict Jesus, to speak Jesus things over people. And then some of you, as you begin to prophesy, God will begin to show you some personal details or some things that will really begin to minister to that person. But you need to understand from all spectrums of prophecy, your job is to prepare people for a fresh, life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Your job is to point, predict, and prophesy the living word, the anointing that breaks the yoke, and the, and the healing that comes in someone's soul. Your job is to prepare someone for Jesus 
We're going to baptize someone right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Think we got precious? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. What a great name. And so we see precious baptized today. You're going to see a prophetic act of her life saying, Christ, Christ, Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's prepare the way. Let's prepare the way. Let's point to the way. Let's point to the way. Let's predict the way. Let's prophesy the way. We prophesy Jesus over her life. We prophesy Jesus over her life. We prophesy he's here. He's here. He showed up. He's here. We prophesy Jesus. We prophesy the goodness of God. We prophesy the way. We prophesy healing. We prophesy goodness. We prophesy blessing. We prophesy over their family. We prophesy over tomorrow. We prophesy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. by John. So whether you like it or not, you're, you're a prophetic people. The Bible says that John became full of spirit. All you're doing is being full of the Holy Spirit and you're, you're prophesying the Word of God so you don't have to make stuff up. You're literally full of the Holy Spirit and you are just pointing, preparing, predicting, and prophesying Jesus. I just favor. That's why, that's why, that's why you don't ever have to pray a dry prayer ever again. Lord, I just pray a hedge of protection, but you're not, you're, he's not, you're not, you're a prophet now. You're not just meant to do these benedictions over people. And God, we just pray for protection, a hedge of protection before and behind to cover them from the hedge of the toes to the feet to the backs. But in Jesus' name, amen.
That's fine too. But you're a prophet. And as you just start to prepare that person and you start to speak scripture, the Holy Spirit will begin to light upon different verses. You say, man, I just see promises, just see favor. The Bible says all prophecy is encouraging. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. It comforts. Why? Because you're simply preparing someone for Jesus. You're simply pointing someone to his word. You're simply predicting the word of God over someone's life. We are a prophetic people, and it doesn't need to be weird. I'm just a voice. But the voice said, I need your voice. 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 Get off the sidelines. I need your voice. I need you to prepare the way. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you my spirit. I'll give you the words. But I do need you to open your mouth even this morning. Let the Holy Spirit come upon you. I know we don't we don't need to we don't need to we don't need to point to us. We don't need to make people feel bad. We don't need to we don't need to call people out. I am simply preparing the way for Jesus. I'm simply pointing the way to Jesus. I'm simply predicting the way to Jesus. I'm simply prophesying Jesus over this country. I'm simply prophesying Jesus over the church. I'm simply saying he is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm simply saying he so loved the world that he gave his his son. All I'm saying, like John the Baptist and John, is he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. There's no fulfillment outside of Jesus. There's no fulfillment outside of his presence. I prophesy Jesus over your family. I prophesy salvation over your cousins, over your nephews, over your extended family. I prophesy a Jesus move over the Northwest. I prophesy that people's eyes would be open. I prophesy salvation. I prophesy healing. I prophesy every yoke, every bondage, every spirit of fear being broken in Jesus' name. I see salvation. I see the power and the glory of God falling. I see prophets begin to prophesy over your families, over your loved ones, over your homes, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Dads, your family needs a prophet. Your friends need a prophet. And it doesn't need to be weird. They might look at you initially like a John the Baptist. Like, you're wearing camel skin and locust. This is where people get it wrong. We need to end. People first saw John the Baptist as crazy. Then they all came to him. Some of us don't say anything because we don't want to offend anybody. Some of us say way too much and we kind of like the offense because it's kind of like persecution for Jesus. The, the, The New Testament church had favor with God and man. So, so hear me. They first might look at you like you're eating locusts and honey. Like, that's weird. No one ever told me that. But I'm telling you, a prophetic anointing breaks the yoke. And before time, you're pointing out Jesus. There he is in your life. There he is. I know you didn't know it, but there he is. And before you know it, they're being baptized, living for Jesus. There doesn't need to be a dispute about my role and his role. But he decided, Isaac, activate 
I want you to baptize me. I am going to subject my power and my glory to you. So would you, my people, my bride, my friends, my children, would you go and prepare the way? Would you point the way? Would you predict the way? And would you prophesy the way? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise. Let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. I always wrestle with why Jesus got baptized. I also wrestle with around the world where there's persecution, in Japan specifically, they'll let you get saved, but families will not let you get baptized. The moment a young man gets baptized, they used to call us up and they used to say, I prayed, I prayed, I'm giving my life to Jesus, but I don't know if I can come get baptized because my dad told me he will cut off the college funding for school. And in Japan, that's all they have is to go to school. And it was a tough predicament to be in because it was like, but see, everybody knows there's something about baptism. <laughs> that Because you step into the realm of a prophetic act publicly that says, my life will be lived for Christ. Whew. Jesus, touch Japan in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need some prayer, come on up here. We love you. I pray you're encouraged. I pray you're built up. I pray you're strengthened. If you need some prayer, though, man, come on up here. We'd love to pray for you. We love you so much. If you want to get baptized, let us know. Thank you.